Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of It's Not Always About You podcast, where together we can find joy in the journey by putting Jesus over yourself and your circumstances. Thank you, thank you so much for all your words of encouragement as episode one released. I was overwhelmed by the amount of support each of you guys expressed as I stepped out in faith to try something completely new. If you tuned in last week, you probably noticed or even listened to the episode I put out titled The Cost of Running. And if you did hear it, I would love to hear your feedback. However, because the message I really wanted to share with you got lost in the pressure to just release an episode for a deadline I gave myself, I have done a take two. (laughs) This project is really important to me, and my desire is always to share truths with you that reflect Jesus' heart for you not just a Bible story read-along. Author and researcher Brene Brown says it best, I'm a recovering perfectionist and aspiring good enoughist. (laughs) A lot of times the weight of the burden to do everything so perfectly may keep you stuck and never really let you accomplish anything at all. I get stuck in that trap all the time. I'm the type of person who keeps a running to-do list, keeps several different planners, for different areas of my life, (laughs) with only the best pens, stickers, and colorful highlighters. There's really not much I don't have a step-by-step plan for. When things happen in my life that don't go according to my plan, my natural tendency is to speak down to myself. I must not be smart enough to get the grades I wanted. I'm not worthy of love. My friends don't really care about me. My dreams are just silly, and I... I'm just a fake. So I quit. I run away from the very things I had my heart set on to accomplish. What's worse is that when I've made a mistake or knowingly chosen to do something I shouldn't have, I let shame decide that I will never be good enough to carry out what I felt at one point I was called for. I don't know about you, but I even give the enemy too much credit for standing in my way of accomplishing things when in reality, the only one standing in my way is me. Even with all of my perfectly organized planning, procrastination never fails to run across the pages of my life with a red marker. You're late, you're late, you're late. Almost like your alarm is going off. And you hear it, but you can't seem to find your phone beneath all of your pillows and blankets to hit the snooze button and turn it off. It's deafening and it makes you super anxious. At this point, I might as well give up. The corrections I need to make are way too many. The amount of effort and time I need to put in to redeem myself is too exhausting, and the alarm has been going off for so long that now I just believe it's a part of my dream, so I'll dance to the tune in my sleep rather than take action and wake up. Definitely not the way I want to start my mornings, yet I'm still trying to learn this lesson and break the cycle. I feel this way each day when I have to go to work and build up the courage to lead and support a staff in a place that's so different from where I've had to lead before. I feel it when approaching relationships because staying with someone familiar who knows my trauma seems easier than having to be vulnerable with someone else, even if the relationship itself has become an unhealthy way of coping with grieving the realities of life. I feel it each week. I have to prepare a podcast episode that I know in my heart God has led me to share, but I continue to doubt that he would want to use me. I keep myself stuck. I hold myself back. 
because of course I know better, right? <laughs> and God must have been mistaken when he told me to let that relationship go, when he asked me to be faithful in the positions that he's given me in this season and to be bold in sharing his word with people I have already decided in my heart that they don't want to hear and especially not from me. Oh, I see. This is about you again, baby girl, huh? Do you feel like you've run too far away from God or his call over your life to trust that your story is worth redeeming? If I'm honest, this is an ongoing struggle for me. And I know I'm not the only one because if we were all women who chose to live boldly in obedience to what God asks of us, our worth, our potential, and our self-esteem would not rest on fragile foundations of what the world or society says about us, but rather on the firm foundation of our identity in Christ Jesus. When I feel discouraged about where I faltered in my life and how I've messed up, given up, or run away, there's a story that helps me remember that no part of my story goes to waste when God has chosen me. If you trust and believe that God is for you too, then this truth is for you too, love. Your story, each part of it, is just another small part of a bigger story of God's redeeming love and pursuit of his beloved children. God called a prophet named Jonah to minister to a city named Nineveh, whose wickedness was so great that if they did not change their ways, they would surely be destroyed and forever be separated from God. God's purpose is always to rescue, to save, to bring people back to himself and his love. So the thought of a whole city being completely removed from him was something God was greatly grieving and wanted to involve Jonah in his plan and purpose to redeem a whole city. Prophets were known to be people of God who heard directly from God to give a message to God's people. So Jonah's response to run as far away from this direction from God shows how great of a mission this truly was. That probably had Jonah shaking in his boots, afraid for his life. I mean, come on, God. They're so far gone and completely corrupted. Why would you want to save them at this point? This is definitely a mistake. <laughs> That's how I imagine Jonah responded back to God. And you know, that look your parents give you as a kid that I know you're not questioning me, child. Look with one eyebrow raised really, really high. <laughs> That's how I imagine God looked down at Jonah. So naturally, full of doubt and fear, Jonah ran away as far as he could in the opposite direction out of disobedience. I use that word disobedience intentionally because it's one thing to be walking far away from the Lord unknowingly, and it's another thing to run away intentionally from what God has clearly spoken to you. There's a sense of conviction everyone feels when doing something wrong, even at the smallest thing. If you ignore it long enough, the conviction will inevitably be suppressed that you no longer feel the gravity of the sin you are walking in. My mom used to tell me growing up, if you have to hide to do it, whatever you're doing at that moment is wrong. Do not ignore that feeling because that's the whispers of the Holy Spirit keeping you safe. If you keep ignoring it, there will be a day you will no longer hear it and you will have to pay the consequences of whatever you've done for eternity. Yeah. Seven-year-old Selena stealing chocolates from grandma's secret stash, 
hiding to eat it in the bathroom, and shoving the little wrappers in the heating vents, was terrified that she would face the wrath of God for all eternity. And it was enough to make sure I paid extra attention to that small voice telling me when I was out of line for the rest of my life. (laughs) The Bible says in Jonah 1, 3-5, But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lay in the ship. Jonah clearly didn't listen to the voice. Clearly, Jonah didn't listen to the voice saying he was going the wrong way. And he had to pay a fare to go farther away from where God sent him. Oftentimes, we end up paying for our disobedience because our actions inevitably have consequences. However, sometimes others end up paying for our disobedience too. Those sailors were just going about their life. Just another day at work. You know, they had Uber on land and sea back then. (laughs) Those sailors had no idea that they would have to also pay the consequences of Jonah's disobedience. Probably most of the food and supplies they had packed to make this trip was lost just to lighten the load on the ship. The storm also probably damaged the ship itself, and that was their way of making money. Someone always ends up paying. What decisions have you made that have affected others just trying to go about their lives? Has gossip led you to unintentionally hurt a friend? Has lust and desire strained your relationships, creating lack of trust and intimacy issues? Have your children had to deal with trauma in their own lives because while you were just a child yourself, you made decisions that affected you for the rest of your life? Maybe it's an ongoing cycle of hurt and trauma that's been in your family for generations. Someone always ends up paying for the consequences of disobedience. I truly believe that the truth will set you free. James 5.16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. This was a pivotal moment at which Jonah came face to face with his disobedience and chose to make a defining decision. Jonah said to the sailors, Pick me up and throw me into the sea, and it will become calm. I know that it's my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, But they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. You see, the defining moment for Jonah was to come to terms with the fact that it was his disobedience that led them into this great storm. And that the only way to rid the storm was to disqualify himself from God's plan and purpose and sacrifice his own life for the others to be saved. Have you ever looked at the decisions you've made and decided you were going to disqualify yourself? That you were no longer worthy for God to use your story? That everyone would just be better off if you were no longer involved or around? Jonah knew this was it for him. This is the moment his story would end and possibly God would have to choose someone else to save the people of Nineveh because he had failed. 
Oh, Jonah. <laughs> I'm so glad that's not how the story ended. And I'm even more glad that that's not where your story has to end either. Jonah had the right idea, though. A self-sacrifice needed to be given in order to receive healing and freedom that comes with following God. You see, unlike Jonah, our stories do not require us to give up our lives because Jesus, the Son of God, has already taken every mistake, every sin you've done and will do in the future onto himself and paid our debt in full by dying on the cross as the perfect blameless Lamb of God. When shame tries to disqualify you, the blood of Jesus covers you and says you're worthy, you are chosen, and there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God because he is relentlessly pursuing you. The story continues saying that at this the men, the sailors, greatly feared the Lord and they offered sacrifices to the Lord and made vows to him. This is the proof that it is truly not always about you. Even in Jonah's disobedience and running, once truth was shared and the debt was paid, the sea was calmed and the sailors knew in that very moment that the God of Jonah was the one true God who was worthy of honor and praise. That very moment that Jonah thought his shame disqualified him from being used by God, his sacrifice and faith led all of those sailors to see the hand of God work all things together for their good. Jonah chapter 2 begins in a funny way. Listen to this. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Oh man, God ever provides something for you that gives you no choice but to stop you right in your tracks? <laughs> Here's the point of this whole episode in one line. Ready? Someone always ends up paying when shame tries to disqualify you, but God is faithful to provide. Jesus knew you were going to mess up. He knows you're going to continue to mess up. You were created perfectly, but when sin separated us from God back in the Garden of Eden, we would now have to make a conscious decision on whether or not we choose to walk with God. As much as he will pursue you, he will not force you to love him back. But sweetheart, you were created out of love to be loved and to love back. God will show up in the most unconventional ways, in hospital rooms when all hope seems to be lost, at 2 a.m. when anxiety wakes you up out of your bed and keeps you restless, in the deep waters of all the tears you've cried, God is providing. What is he providing exactly, you ask? He's providing the space and the time you need to cry out to him and reveal the most vulnerable parts of your pain so that he can be the one to redeem you, love on you, and show you that it's not by your own strength but by his that you are healed and set free from the bondage of your sin and your shame. Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, which means there was a cycle of highs and lows. Self-pity, crying out, reflection, repentance, and acknowledgement of who God is and why he didn't just let him die, but give him a second chance to redeem his story and lead others to God in the same way by extending grace and mercy to those who we wrongly deemed unworthy. I encourage you to read Jonah's prayer in chapter 2 on your own and see how Jonah is able to come 
full circle and rejoice in putting Jehovah Jireh over himself. Someone always ends up paying when shame tries to disqualify you, but God is faithful to provide. Jehovah Jireh will see to it that you have all that you need in this season when you put your faith and trust in the one who desires to involve you in his great love story because ultimately you were called for more. All week I've wrestled with thoughts of not being good enough, thinking who am I to speak on such things? But what I do know is that God continues to show up and he calls us to speak truth. Revelation 12:11 says, and they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. The only way that we can overcome the lies of the enemy and the bondage of our shame is allowing God into our hearts, making room for him to wash us clean by his blood that paid the price for our disobedience, and by the sharing of our stories of how Jesus saved you and me by giving us the second chance we need to live a life that brings honor and glory to the one who truly deserves it. I hope you connect with me this week on Instagram or Facebook and let me know what parts of your story you're going to be trusting God to be faithful to provide redemption over. I would love to pray with you and trust God with you for an outpouring of grace over you and your circumstances this week. Until next time, I hope this keeps you encouraged. Thank you.